The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Today, Jade Hill's going to join me in a moment. We're going to talk about a brand new neighbourhood watch program here in the Blue Lake City. Also, Troy Bell had a very interesting week in Parliament this week. We're going to find out why. And Erica Vickery has asked the government for regional support when it comes to COVID-19 rules being relaxed. We'll find out the details in the podcast today. It's time to catch up with Jade Hill from SAPOL, South Australian Police, of course. Jade, g'day. Hi, Ewan. How are you? You're good. Now, Jade, COVID obviously is is putting huge strain on resources for you guys. How are you guys coping with, uh, I suppose, dealing with the COVID situation in the Limestone Coast? Yeah, with the borders opening, the contingents of police who were assisting at the sites have resumed their duties back in Metro Adelaide. But we do still maintain a strong focus on COVID compliance here in the Limestone Coast with our local police. And we do still need to ensure people and businesses are compliant with the current directions. Community can be rest, um, can rest assured, though, that we do have sufficient staffing levels to maintain service delivery to the community, and we can meet their needs. And there's been lots of fabulous police work happening in the background, um, including the arrests like I just spoke of, um, as well as drug seizures, firearm recovery and stolen property recovery as well. So there's lots of good examples that have been taking place to show that we are still uh, travelling along strong and doing our job well. And Jade, one of the, the things that we need to talk about is the break-ins at sporting clubs because there have been some over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, there has been um, just sporting clubs and interest or slash hobby clubs, I suppose. There's been a bit of a target um, with break-ins and property being stolen from those club rooms. So we are asking if, if anyone is involved in a club, just if they can ensure that there's some really good security measures that are in place mm. and also pay attention to making sure things are secure and letting police know if they do notice any suspicious behaviour around their sporting clubs. Absolutely. Now, Jade, there's a brand new neighbourhood watch that's starting up in the Limestone Coast. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, the new neighbourhood watch group it has commenced and it is in, operating in Mount Gambier, which is a really great initiative being driven by our neighbourhood police officer. Um, there is a strong focus on uniting businesses in the Mount Gambier area to work together to reduce crime. So if anyone wants to participate and learn more about this, the next meeting will be held at 6pm on Wednesday the 2nd of March 2022 at Casa Park. Hey Jade, always good to catch up, always good to know what is going on in the Limestone Coast. We'll talk next week. Have a good week and stay safe. Jade Hill from SAPOL, keeping us up to date with what is happening policing-wise around the Limestone Coast. Now, during the course of the week, I got to catch up with Erica Vickery. We talked about the brand-new Narracourt Library. We talked about the resealing program that the council is undertaking at the moment. And this morning, Erica Vickery joins me. Council have written a letter to State Parliament. It's time for us to find out why. Now, Erica, one of the things that council has, uh, has just done, you guys are writing to the government to ask for some clarification as we start to open up from COVID-19 rules. What's going on? We've had a lot of our community and our businesses contact um, our elected members and we had an informal discussion about that last week and we have um, appealed to the Premier and, and SA Health to just to provide us some informed and structured plan on the relaxation of the COVID rules right across the state. I mean, the current ongoing announcements of relaxation of those rules is really appreciated and our community and our region has done everything that it possibly can that's been asked of them by the, the state government 
Um, however, that drip feeding of announcements is really not providing some confidence for businesses and services to plan on how they can react to the relaxation. So if we're given a bit more of a forewarning of what's going to happen, I think businesses will be much more confident in planning what they're doing. And uh, I think there's a fair bit of confusion. So that's one of the things. But the changing rules around isolation and when you have to have a test and what you have to do, uh, really people are finding that very impractical and, you know, like close contact rules are sort of undermining the ability for the community to function because, you know, having to stay home and away from work, even though they don't have any symptoms, um, they are finding it really hard to maintain a workforce. So I've noticed there's a real sense of frustration. The first time it happened was over the border bubble um, issues and that was, you know, resolved. But people are getting quite angsty at the moment. So we're just asking for some clarity. I will watch with interest to see what the government says as re- in regards to uh, your request. It would be fantastic to get clarity for regional areas so that we can forward plan to tour the state or to, to go interstate or to, to uh, start living our lives again uh, as the COVID restrictions begin to ease. Yes, I think um, everyone will appreciate it. We realise that we you know, need to move on from restrictions um, certainly urging people to, you know, be vaccinated, get their boosters, and people have been fairly compliant with that around our region. And so, you know, information and on, on the direction of future plans will certainly allow our community and our businesses to really uh, go ahead with some confidence. Mm. So um, that's what we're appealing for. Erica, we'll catch up over the next couple of weeks. You have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, Ewan. Erica Vickery, the Mayor of the Narracourt Lucendale Council. Now, talking politics, my goodness, what a week in politics it has been. Rat tests in the upper house, they were a topic of conversation for a very good reason. And in the lower house, well, the lower house was talking all about the elections and COVID-19. Troy Bell has all the details. Troy, g'day. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Troy, there's been unprecedented scenes in state parliament this week. Tell us why. Well, we've pretty much got a situation at the moment where due to COVID and the Emergency Management Act, um, the, uh, there are going to be a number of people who on election day or 72 hours before election day uh, have absolutely no means of voting in the upcoming state election. And that's because uh, the police commissioner um, has directed that uh, they need to isolate um uh, due to having COVID or due to being a close contact. So there's actually no provision in the Electoral Act uh, for them to vote. Um, so what we asked is that uh, we recall Parliament just for one day. Uh, legislation had passed the Upper House, which is um, continuing to sit, uh, to pass a bill which would extend a mechanism that's already in place for vision-impaired or blind people to telephone uh, vote. Now, all the checks and balances are in place. There's, uh, you know, it's recorded, it's observed. Um, you know, your, your vote is uh, recorded exactly how you want it to be. Um, but for some reason, the, the government's refusing to come back to, uh, to pass that legislation. 
And as of today, um, there could be thousands of people who are unable to vote on election day. And, and the reason is because postal votes finish Wednesday, 6 o'clock before the election, the mm. week of the election. And so there's a 72-hour gap where, uh, quite literally, there is no way for people to vote. And if they do, if they leave their house, they're breaking um, uh, one of the COVID um, you know, emergency management uh, rules and uh, they could be fined and prosecuted. And One presumes you know, if me, they don't vote, then they can also be fined and prosecuted. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what a catch-22 uh, scenario. And, and yet there is a very simple solution. It, all it would require is uh, to extend the eligibility for phone voting to uh, to those who have got COVID or um, are under a direction to isolate due to being in close contact. And what do you think about the Electoral Commission saying that even if you did pass the law, there was no other way that they could enact, in, enact it? Uh, that's got to be a furphy. Yeah, well, you know, um, it's amazing what can happen uh, when the resources are put there and uh, the direction's given. So uh, to my mind, you know, it, it is an extension of a process that's already in place. Uh, so if it's extra resources they need, i.e. more people to man the phones and, and do the recordings, um, then Parliament can pass those extra resources. Um, we still have six weeks um, to the election day. Um, I'm pretty sure we could put in place... A mechanism within six weeks. Um, so what happens you know, next with you guys then? I mean, are you guys going to continue to put pressure on the government? Absolutely. They have to come up with... What's going to happen, Ewan, is on every close seat, we're going to be in the Court of Disputed Appeals for many, many months after the election. Mm. Um, so South Australians won't know who the new government is uh, for many months after the election. Now, you know, there's a simple fix. I just don't understand why... The, the state government wouldn't come back, um, you know, approve the bill uh, and, and just get on with it. Troy Vale, member for Mount Gambia, six weeks to go to the election and what a ride it is going to be. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday for everything Limestone Coast. Don't forget to catch up with everything happening across the Limestone Coast. Make sure you look out for the Mount Gambia local guide on Listener. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 Triple M.